0: Well, as we open up God's word this morning, and as we prepare our hearts for the sacred time of the Lord's Supper of communion, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verses 8 through 14 this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. Last Sunday morning... We looked at the first seven verses of Ephesians 5 in our ongoing section-by-section study of the book of Ephesians, and we saw that great and awe-inspiring command, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. We are called as Christians to look deeply into the character of God and all of His beauty and all of His goodness, and we, even though we are finite Even though we are limited, we are to seek to be like him. The father said to the son, this is my beloved son with in whom I am well pleased. And now we are called his beloved children because we are in the beloved because we are in Christ. We are God's beloved children. And as imitators of God, we are to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And as imitators of God, we are not to have anything to do with sexual immorality or impurity. We are not to be involved in filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking. But rather, we are to be a people characterized by thankfulness, by gratefulness. So we are the imitators of God. Walking in love, being filled with thanksgiving. And then Paul picks up right where he left off in these last, or excuse me, in verses 8 through 14, we read this. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. But instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake O sleeper. And arise from the dead. And Christ... Well, our first point this morning is darkness and light. The Apostle Paul describes our pre-conversion and post-conversion as darkness and light. And if you are a student of the Bible, you know that those are familiar themes throughout both the Old and New Testaments. Darkness and light, good and evil. So Paul says in verse 8, for at one time you were dark. He doesn't say you were in the darkness, although you were, but he says you were darkness. You weren't just in the darkness, you were darkness. Before we came to Christ, our total existence, our being as well as our behavior was characterized by darkness. We were not merely in sin. Our very nature was characterized by sin. If you've been with us in this study of the book of Ephesians, this is not new. We saw this bluntly, starkly in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3, that important section where Paul says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And then he says this, among whom we all, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind oh at one time you were darkness but now but now you are light in the lord light is our new spiritual condition in christ and just as it was with darkness, so it is with light. We are not just in the light. We are light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We are in him. He is in us. We share in his very nature. Therefore, we are light. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 9, Peter writes, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, A people for his own possession. Now here's why. Watch this. That you may proclaim. The excellencies of him. Who called you out of darkness. Into his. Marvelous light. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. In the sermon on the mount. Jesus says plainly. You are the light of the world. Take note of that this morning. You. Child of God. You are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And so we are the light of the world. And we are told forthrightly. Walk as children of light. Look at verses 9 and 10. It says for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 9, I love that verse. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Some translations have goodness, righteousness, and truth. It is the same thing. That is the fruit of the children of light. That is the fruit of being in the light. We live in a world. That is characterized by so much evil and so much violence and so much poverty. People hurting one another. Doing wrong to one another. And yet here are the Christians. They are those who pursue. What is good. And right. And true. Oh, we are to be that kind of light to the world that reminds us of what Paul says in that classic verse in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Do you know why? Because you're a child of the light. In all of the evil around us, we are the ones. We are the distinct ones, the called out ones, who are to pursue what is good and right and true good excuse me excuse me goodness here means a willing and sacrificial desire to do good to others as god is good rather than gossiping about people rather than becoming embittered toward people rather than being resentful or jealous toward people we are to willingly and sacrificially seek to do good To others, righteousness here means the righteousness of Christ that we are to reflect in all of our thoughts, our speech, and our behavior. We are to always be seeking to do what is right in the sight of God. Always seeking to do what is right in the sight of God. True or truth here does not refer to the truth of God's word per se, but rather it means. Do everything that is true or truthful. It means being honest. It means being a person of integrity. It means being trustworthy. You are a person who loves the truth and always seeks to behave in line with what is true. And all, excuse me, As we pursue these supreme characteristics, the fruit of the light, goodness, righteousness, and truth, verse 10 says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. As we pursue these three characteristics, we are always to be asking ourselves what will please the the Lord. The phrase try to discern literally means to learn. I am always learning, always learning, always desiring to know what is pleasing to God. What honors him? What pleases him? So here is the picture. We are the people who do what is good and right and true. And we're always trying to learn what pleases God. What delights him? Because whatever pleases and delights my God is what I want to do. Do you know why? Because I am an imitator of God. I am one of his beloved children. Well, our second point is the light exposes darkness. As we walk as children of light, we are to expose the works of darkness. So we are walking in the light and we are exposing the works of darkness. In verse 11, it says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. What does it mean to expose the unfruitful works of darkness? It actually has a twofold meaning here. One, it means to speak out against that which is a work of darkness. As those of the Word of God, as those bound to Christ and to His Word, there are times we simply have to speak out against that which is wrong all around us. An example. A few weeks ago on January 21st, I was reading an article on Desiring God's website by John Bloom. It was related to the sanctity of human life Sunday, and he said, We must, we must always, always relentlessly call abortion what it really is the killing of helpless, innocent, defenseless children. That's what it is. And he said, stop playing games. Stop pretending. We all know what it is. Even those who promote it know what it is. We all know what it is. It is the killing of little children. Period. And let's keep calling it exactly what it is. Do you know what that is? That is exposing the works of dark. It is bringing the light of God's word upon the deeds of darkness and exposing them for what they really are. But to expose the works of darkness also means to live in the light and simply by living in the light you will expose the works of darkness as you in your daily life, especially those of you who interact daily in the world, whether in school or in the workplace or wherever it may be. When you do what is good and right and true. When you are children of light. The very way you talk. The very way you live exposes the works of darkness. It is uncomfortable. It is awkward. For people who are dishonest. Who steal or cheat or lie. Or use crude language. It is. Uncomfortable, awkward for them to see that you don't do that. To see that you live differently. Your very lifestyle. Makes them feel uncomfortable and awkward because it is supposed to. And I just want to encourage you. Those little things that you do every single day. To walk in the light. In the words that you speak. In the way that you behave. That is consistent with the life an example of Christ, you are making a difference more than you will ever know or understand. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. In verse 12, it says, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. There are some things that are so evil, it is better we not even speak of them. I was reading an article once about police officers who work in the area of sexual crimes. And they have to be careful because they're constantly exposed to cases where women are raped, molested, tortured, where little children are molested and have cruel acts of violence done against them, abused, And they said officers have to be careful because after a while it can become emotionally exhausting. It can take a toll on their emotions because they are exposed to it over and over again. When you read articles on why men and women and women should stay away from pornography, there is a consistent theme. Pornography is a long, deep, dark tunnel. And the farther you go into the tunnel, the more vile becomes the sexual acts that are portrayed. Vile sexual acts that will make you sick to your stomach. Don't go there. Don't go there. For it is shameful even to speak of the things That they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light. It becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible. Is light. I was reading an account. A while back. About. Shops. Places where you purchase things. In poorer countries. Or in poorer parts. Of other countries. And often. And some of you have been there. In these poorer countries. They will have a lot of street shopping, and they will have this whole line of shops, one shop after another, and often they are so close together that there are few windows in the shop, and so, and maybe some of you have been in these kinds of shops where you go in and they're very dimly lit. And so they said what the wise buyer does is when they go into these shops, they look at what they're, or excuse me, they look at what they want to purchase, but before they purchase it, they go outside And expose it to the light to make sure this is exactly what they think it is or what they thought it was when they looked at it in the dim and darkness. Folks, what our responsibility is as children of the light is to take everything, all of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our actions, everything in our lives, and we are to expose them to the light of the Bible. To the light of the word of God. Is this right. Or is this wrong. Is this good. Or is this evil. Let me hold it up. To the light of the word of God. Let God alone. Determine right from wrong. Good. From evil. Well Paul ends this section. With an interesting and challenging quote. From Isaiah 60 in verse 1. At the end of verse 14, it says, Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's interesting as you read different commentaries, there are two distinct thoughts on what this means. Now, first of all, as I mentioned, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. But if you were to go back to the book of Isaiah... And look at verse 1. It's worded slightly different. So what the Apostle Paul is doing, he is sharing in Ephesians what is called a Holy Spirit-inspired adaptation. Isaiah 61, Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1 is a messianic verse. It is about the Messiah. So Paul in the New Testament quotes it in light of its fulfillment in Christ being the Messiah. And so says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Because he is the fulfillment of that verse. And again, there are two distinct thoughts on what this means. Some say that this is a call, an invitation, for the children of darkness to become the children of light. This is a gospel invitation. Awake, O sleeper, those who are sleeping in the deadness of your sins. Arise from the dead and let Christ's salvation shine on you. Others say that this, yes, this is an invitation, but it is an invitation in the context to lethargic and indifferent Christians. Wake up, Christian. Awake, excuse me, wake up, you who are sleeping. Arise from living like you're dead and let Christ shine on you. Now, I tend to lean toward the first thought, first interpretation. However, both views fit perfectly with communion this morning. Both views do. Because you know what communion is every time we partake in it? Communion is the gospel. Just without saying anything... The Lord's Supper is the gospel. We take the bread. We take the cup. Representing the body and blood of Christ. Representing the fact that Jesus Christ died and was buried and rose again. And he is the sole sufficiency. The sole means of our salvation. For salvation comes by faith alone in the accomplished work of Christ in his death and resurrection. Communion is always an invitation to those who are in the darkness to come into the light. But at the very same time, the Lord's Supper communion is also a very serious time, according to the New Testament, of self-examination. All Christians are to use this. As a very sobering time of reflection, contemplation, and meditation. How am I living? How am I living? How does my life line up? So as we share the Lord's Supper together this morning, let us all ask ourselves, am I in the light? Am I really in the light? And if I am, how does my life right now Line up with the brilliant light of God's word. Do I need to wake up? And let Christ shine on me. At this time, we will share the Lord's Supper together.